Everybody, welcome to another episode of the Talk My Credo podcast. I am he, Dante Credo. Oh man, we are here. First and foremost, happy Black History Month, you know? And it is February 1st, and yo, we're already into the second month of the year, and like January went by fast. Did it go by fast for you? It, it, it felt like it flew by for me, and I honestly felt like I really haven't been that productive. You know, everyone has their New Year's resolution things where I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. And then, of course, by that second month, then it's pretty much done. <laughs> and uh, But that's not necessarily my case. It, it's just, you know, this is a, a new year, and there's a lot of new motivations and aspirations that I have. Uh, which I've been working. I'm not going to say I haven't been doing anything, but I haven't done as much as I believe that I could have done. So uh, I've been just in, in honor of quote unquote black history month, uh, which I'll, I'll give my thoughts on, on black history month, but that is the theme of the day. If you haven't noticed already. Um, but I, I am committed to, to be a lot more active and productive in the things that I'm in, which is a lot of things. Uh, but nothing that I can't handle because I'm still uh, creating music. Uh, I'm still writing for rap battles and still creating content for, you know, the, the podcast and the YouTube channel. Um, and also helping and in talks with, you know, other friends to create other podcasts and YouTube channels. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm committed to being a lot more productive. And having things I can sit down and be like, yes, I've done that. Especially when it comes to the podcast and, and the YouTube game. Uh, I'm still relatively new to it. And I'm still stumbling forward. Not even going to lie to you. I know it's been a couple of weeks since my last one. And I promise this will not be uh, a consistent thing. Uh, it's just trying to get things optimized. Trying to get things, you know, looking good. Feeling good. And making sure that I have the things that I need. And not going broke in the process. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, um, but uh, I, I don't think I'll ever get to a point like that. But I, I need to get to a point to where I'm comfortable to where one, it's me. And two, I'm not emulating anybody. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't want to be swagger jacking around here. So um, I feel like I have a, a unique message and a unique way of conveying it. So I'm, I'm going to stay in my lane. That's, that's what I do best. Alright, so, uh, even though uh, January went by fast, we we didn't get off to a really good start. Um, we lost some people, especially in the month of January. Like, uh, Larry King passed. Uh, the legendary Cicely Tyson, she passed. Uh, the legendary basketball coach, John Chaney. Um... And not it's not January, but like today, February first. Uh, Screech from Saved by the Bell. What what was his name? I forgot his real name. Y'all forgive me, but yeah, he passed. I, I really didn't look in it to see how he passed, but um, yeah, it is is crazy. It is crazy. Um, but at the same time, I'm really, even though it saddens me a bit, I I can't really say that you know, it, it hurts or it hits home. You know what I'm saying? Because like I, Larry King was, was 80, 87 or something like that. And Cicely Tyson was 96. Um, If I can get close to that, like, and it's not even just like just 96. She was, she was a health, like still, you know, up at a moving active, you know, for the most part healthy. You know, of course, they mentioned she died of natural causes. And it's like, that's just round of applause. And I know that's that's just putting it very lightly as far as, you know, the life that she's been uh, able to live and the legacy she leaves behind. But 
yeah, hats off. Hats off to Larry King. Hats off to Cicely Tyson. Hats off to John Chaney. Um, and there's there's a few others that that has passed, and um, I'm kind of just freestyling right now. But you know, I just, I do want to pay my respects to those because now it's like, who is there? Like who who is going who's going to fill that void of Larry King? You know what I'm saying? Like, even though John Chaney hasn't coached in a while, but just that legacy. Like, who's going to be the next John Chaney? And who's going to come close to having the type of career in life that Cicely Tyson had? You know, and especially in the black community, when our average lifespan, what is it, like 74 or something? Like she murdered that thing. Like she, she killed that, that stat. Like, so just well done. Well done. Um, but it also, for me, when I, I look at things like that and I see, you know, cause this, we, we damn near see death every day. You know what I'm saying? Like it just, someone's always dying. Um, and that's not to become numb to it, but it's, I look at it and then I, I think about my own mortality and I think about the things that I'm doing in my life, like are my everyday habits, am I contributing to having a long, healthy life or am I not, you know, am I looking to even make it to the average lifespan of, of a black person in America? Um, I already passed one, you know, I made it past 25. Um, you know, but it's like the things that I eat, you know, my health and things of that nature. I have two small kids. So it was like, you know, am, am I in shape or, or healthy enough to where I too can be as healthy and as strong as Cicely Tyson was to where, you know, I can be 96. And maybe that's me. Maybe I'm a little weird. <laughs> but but uh, there's just a lot of things that people are in, in go, going back to the Black uh, History Month thing. Uh, e everyone has their particular their particular opinion about it, and of course this month I, I can already tell uh, because it's it's advertised everywhere, like even more now. Of course, you know in the past it was like okay Black History Month. Uh, let's celebrate, you know, the black people in history that did, that, you know, did amazing things uh, throughout America's history. But now, especially on the wake of, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement and, you know, all of that stuff, I, I just know it's going to be just straight, honestly, exaggerated to nauseam, honestly, because it's just a bunch of symbolism. You know, even though the reason it was created and the reason it was acknowledged, it was to, um, at its core, to give black people a sense of pride and, and belonging in this country when all we saw was slavery and a form of mistreatment in some way, shape, or form that was supposed to be like, okay, we can do things. And, and this was 1976. So like it, it wasn't even like that long ago when this was implemented. But I also feel the same of, say, a Morgan Freeman. I know y'all probably heard that Morgan Freeman interview years ago when they asked him about what he felt about Black History, Black History Month. And he was like, well, I, I don't want a Black History Month because our history is American history. So teach me about uh, people that look like me all throughout the year. And I agree with that, you know, like, okay, the black history month is cool, but you know, how about we start telling the truth of history in its entirety? You know, but, uh, you know, of course, and that's a whole different conversation in and of itself, which I'm not even going to attempt to have right now, but you know, I, I, I accept the symbolism, but that's not the only thing I accept, which I think a lot of people have done, especially with this Black Lives Matter movement, like the Aunt Jemima's, the Uncle Ben's, and this, that, and the third. All right, cool. We, all right, yeah. Thank you, I guess. 
for changing the name for Aunt Jemima. I mean, we all knew what it meant for years. So how did you all of a sudden figure it out? Like Uncle Ben's, yeah, we we knew that too. But okay, so that's it. Okay, so you just want to change the name. All right. I think right now when it comes to black people, um, like actual black people, and I, I there's a reason why I, I say that. Um, right now, there seems to be an overhyped love for black people, which I don't think is very genuine. Um, I don't think it's genuine. I think it's actually deceptive. But if you actually love us, I think right now our love language is policy. Um, but I also say that with a little bit of caution because I've, I've been really thinking about my position when it comes to these type of talks and these type of relations and stuff, because I've always been the type, um, thanks to my parents that they've always taught me to look within and to always evaluate yourself, you know, to, you know, think about the things that you believe and then constructively ask yourself why. You know, if you have an opinion about something, a strong opinion that you feel, you know, could possibly be, you know, life altering, you know, just sit down and just think about something, do some research on it, um, analyze it, you know, see, see what you can find that supports this feeling and see what you can find that disproves this feeling. And then whatever you able to come together with, then that's what you know to move forward with. Because in that case, you know that whatever you move forward with is not biased and it is the actual truth based on what you're able to find uh, as far as information goes throughout the world. And like, as I get older, I appreciate them teaching me that so much because people don't do that. Grown men and women do not do that. They take truth and they bend it around their bias and opinions, which it should be the other way around, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it should be, you know, I have this feeling or I have this opinion, but now let me go get information to see how accurate or inaccurate my feeling or opinion is. So, but you know, in that, in that case, I, I sit and I, and I think about just the things that, uh, that I've been feeling, especially when it comes to like race relations and social issues. And, and I, I, I don't want to seem like that's all I want to talk about. I, I know I mentioned that I do like to talk about it cause I like to hear different people's perspectives, but it's starting to become a bit redundant for me. Um, and the different perspective that I hear is, is right wing talking points or left-wing talking points. And it's like, I always end up at best half agreeing with people because I know that the things you're telling me, the opinions that you have aren't really your opinions. The things that you're telling me aren't really yours, but these are just bits of, dare I say, information that, you formulated or formed around the opinion that you have and don't want to concede or give up or admit that it may be off. So you hold on to it with bits of information. And, and, and so, you know, I, I, it's getting, it's getting old for me. So it's, it's getting old for me. And I just don't, I just don't know. I feel like, like I'm tired. Like, because I, I love having these talks with people, but it's like, if I'm getting the same thing over and over and over and over again, it doesn't matter who I'm talking to. If I'm talking to a Republican, conservative or Democrat or liberal, like I'm getting the same thing over and over and over and over and over again. It's like, it's, it's whack. It's whack. And I feel like I'm rambling, but all that being said, I'm, I'm currently just, you know, reevaluating my position because 
I'm, I'm like in this weird spot where it's like, I can't talk too much with people on the left because then they attempt to cancel me, <laughs> which, you know, you can't cancel me cause I don't care. I don't care. And which I've had so many clashes with black Twitter and, uh, just, democratic thinking black people who I know aren't really thinking for themselves. Um, they just think that this is how they're supposed to think, um, on Facebook and stuff. I've gotten so many clashes with them to where, you know, they attempt to cancel me or they, I get called all of those words that you will call someone when they seem to have turned their back on black people. And I'm just so confused. Like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, we aren't a monolithic people, but those on the left do like to act that way. And it's, it's not even something that they consciously know they're doing, honestly. And it's kind of sad. So I can't hang out too much over there because I'll be looked as an Uncle Tom, so on and so forth. But I can't go to the other side either. I can't chill too much on the right. Because if I chill too much on the right, then I'm going to look like I'm a black nationalist. Um, I, you know, just end, uh, reverse racism. Or I hate white people. Um, and, you know, this, that, and the third. So it was like, on one side, you have to acknowledge that everything around you is racist and you adapt a victimhood oppressed mentality towards things. But the other side, you have to pretend that racism and the things that this country has done to African descendants of slaves either didn't happen or it was so minuscule or it happened so long ago that it has absolutely no effect today. So it's either one extreme or the other. And I'm like, both of y'all were stupid. So I've been looking into like, like libertarian party. And I see that a lot of black people, um, have been kind of shifting that way. Um, and I know there's left libertarian, right libertarian, but, um, I, I, I tend to like it, but I, I haven't done my research. So I'm going to do my due diligence and really do my research and, and understand exactly what the libertarian party uh, stands for. I did my little political quiz and I kind of fell right there on the libertarian left. <laughs> but, um, but I just seen a lot of, of black people kind of veering towards the, the libertarian party. And even though there are still, you know, specific things that, you know, you still kind of disagree on. I kind of appreciate that. I kind of appreciate that. This is where like the melting pot, of ideologies kind of get in. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. And plus there's, there's different people that I've been looking into, uh, that I feel like I am becoming more prone to adapt their philosophy, such as Malcolm X over Martin Luther King, you know, um, James Baldwin, um, you know, and just in, and a few others that I've been looking into, you know, Claude Anderson, uh, I've been looking into Thomas Sowell just, you know, again, for, for the sake of objectivity, let me see what's being said on this side. And then let me see what's being said on that side. And then let me digest and process the information that I get from both sides. And let me come to my own conclusion. All right, so I've, I've rambled for about 20 minutes already. My bad. Well, not really. I mean, this this is what I'm here for. <laughs> so um, I, I want to come across with something that I found was was very polarizing. And, and that is the Black Lives Matter movement being nominated. They haven't won anything, but just nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Um, and I'm talking about people are mad. People are heated, boy. And, and I just, I'm here for it all. I'm, I'm here like, bro, 
right now you can insert that meme of Michael Jackson sitting in the theater eating popcorn. Yeah, that that's my vibe when it comes to this story. Now, this story's been out a few days uh, or whatnot, so, but it's, it's crazy. So I'll, I'll read a little bit of this article here. Uh, it says, the Black Lives Matter movement has been nominated for the 2021 Nobel Peace Prize for the way it's called for systemic change to spread around the world. Um, in his nomination papers, a Norwegian MP, Peter Eide, said that the movement has forced countries outside the U.S. to grapple with racism within their own societies. I find that one of the key challenges we have seen in America, but also in Europe and Asia, is the kind of increasing conflict based on inequality. Black Lives Matter has become a very important worldwide movement to fight racial injustice. So, I've already, you already know my stance when it comes to Black Lives Matter. Um, it's a polarizing thing for me, personally. It's just the it's just so many angles that i look at it and i tend to agree when it comes to different perspectives with the exception of one and the one that i do not agree with uh when it comes when i look at this perspective is trying to make black lives matter the phrase and everything synonymous or on the same scale as black on black crime um, because that's just mainly what white folk and conservatives do. Um, is well, the black lives matter? What about black on black crime? You know, I, I do it all the time, and I mention it all the time. But it's, I just find that the most asinine perspective, and honestly, the the most racist perspective. Because even still, common sense would say so. You're saying that civilians need to treat each other better before employees or agents of the state treat me better. Like, and I find that stupid. And secondly, it's not black on black crime because black people aren't killing black people because they're black. Like, and then understand the reason why these numbers and statistics are so high that they love to give you, well, 94% of black people are killed by other black people. Yes. You know why? Because redlining pushed us all into these things that y'all like to steal us for called the ghetto. So we're all in these projects and we're all in the hood. Yeah, we're going to be around each other. Yep. From the school to neighborhood, whatever we do, we're, we're going to be around a majority of black people because that's where redlining pushed us. Y'all pushed us all together to keep us there. Then you put police around us to keep us in there and out of white suburbs. That's what y'all did. Because we all know crime is based on proximity. Right? So the, the nuance there is, well, you know, Black on black crime is just such a horrible thing. So where is the black? What about that? Where is the Black Lives Matter movement in that? Does Black Lives Matter have to address that for you to acknowledge that Black Lives Matter? Is that your prerequisite? So that's that's again why I can't hang out on the right because y'all y'all just too stupid for me and and overtly racist. It's like. Dealing with the Democrat and Republicans is like dealing with overt and covert narcissists. So like the overt, you know, you know, they don't like you. And you know, they will come up with any talking point to not like you. Now, I'm not saying everyone's like that, but for the most part, a lot of people that sit on that side of the table, they are. But of course, on the opposite side of the table, those are the ones who pretend to be the friend who they're just sweet. Uh, they mean well, genuine, but the whole time they're manipulating the absolute hell out of you to do whatever it is that they want you to do, and they still aren't doing anything for you, and they're just as abusive, if not more. So, I prefer my racism to be right out in the open, straight up, like, just say that. If you racist and you feeling whatever, just say that, you know. The manipulation is the one that's a lot more dangerous. And Malcolm X talked about it. 
you know, the 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 biggest enemy to the black man or the black community rather is, is white liberals. And I agree. So anyway, so people are up in arms about Black Lives Matter uh, because, of course, they're saying, well, how can you call? How can they get a Nobel Peace Prize? Because they're there's they were violent. You all those riots and burn, loot, murder. They did all of these things and all la 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 la. And then it's like. But wait a minute. Let's let's liken this to January 6th, 2021, the the riot at the Capitol. And a lot of the people that were talking and uh, defending and trying to rationalize what happened, a lot of people said, well, no, nah, those were patriots up there. And the people that was doing all the, the, the violence, that was Antifa. Antifa was doing that. Oh, oh. <laughs> but even though that's proven to be BS, one thing that a lot of you like to do, and let's just call it for what it is, a lot of y'all like to use Black Lives Matter and BLM, one, as a proxy of saying the N-word. Because you know saying it is going to cause you some problems. You, you may learn a few lessons depending on where you are and, and the, the circumstances of your surroundings. Saying that will learn you a few lessons. So you substitute that with BLM. Two, you like to equate BLM and Antifa as if it's the as if they're one and the same. And we know they're not. But that's to the detriment and to the stupidity of the Black Lives Matter organization, which, of course, y'all know my opinion. I feel like they're absolute trash because it's. I'll get to that a little later, but. There are so many videos and accounts that's on social media right now. You can go look it up, YouTube and whatever of actual Black Lives Matter protesters stopping subduing and exposing the radical elements within the group that aren't even black lives matter. I would show those videos, but I promise you just don't take my word for it. Go look it up. There is instances of these two girls, two non-black girls that were spray painting BLM on stores and buildings and these other and these black girls come up and is like, what are you doing? Why are you doing that? And they were like, oh, well, uh, 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 well, uh, uh, a black girl told me to do it, which was a lie. And they were like, we don't need you to do this. Like, stop doing that. There was another instance of this strange figure, this strange guy dressed in all black with an umbrella. And he's walking around breaking windows. And people was like, yo, who are you? What are you doing? Stopping him. And then he just disappears runs around the building and disappears people follow him so but it's like who are you 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 come around here in the middle of the group break windows and leave you know people throwing things breaking into things now i'm not going to act like again black people aren't monolith so at the same time you do have your opportunist that was out there to steal to to uh loot and to get what they can get yep yep Black people, just like every other group of people, we we have our low-hanging fruit type people. Yep. But, of course, I like how y'all see those instances and try to say, well, that's what the whole group represents. And it's not. And it's not. Regardless of what I feel about the group and how they've been co-opted and allowed other instances and interest groups to latch on to the wagon and change the whole movement in its entirety... For, for most of the black, for the overwhelming majority of the black people out there, their goal, their their mission was to protest police brutality and racial inequality and to bring about a systemic change. Now, another perspective that I have on that is 
going back into why I feel tired about that, because honestly, when you think about Black Lives Matter, basically we're saying Black Lives Matter and we're saying this to white people as if we're trying to convince them that Black Lives Matter. And this is kind of a, a new developing thought process that I have. Well, I want to say it's like is I mean developing as in trying to express an idea and a feeling that I've had for a while now. And it's to the point where I feel like Black Lives Matter is a group that's begging white people to accept them. Like, we're just begging, please. It's like, we're begging white people to to like us. We're begging white people to treat us fairly. We're, we're begging white people to accept us. We're begging white people to include us. That, that's another way that I look at Black Lives Matter. And even though, yes, regarding police brutality, and we're going to jump into an instance of that, uh, regardless of all the quote-unquote data that you want to give me, as far as there's more unarmed white people killed than unarmed black people, or, you know, all these quote-unquote uh, stats that you want to give me that's out of context, there's still a legitimate argument because a lot of the instances of police brutality that we see on a regular basis is, isn't quantifiable. It isn't something that you can mark down on a stat sheet and then present to people like, oh, well, look, it says this, so it must be, it must mean it isn't quantifiable. Those microaggressions, the things that said and the thing that, that is done that doesn't result in death, we can't, there's no way we can mark it down on a sheet. But, you know, of course, you know, facts don't care about your feelings. But we also know that numbers, numbers lie. Numbers lie. The same way y'all look at 90 something percent of black people are killed by other black people. Yeah, that doesn't tell the story of why. Y'all just see it as, oh, well, that means y'all are more of a danger to yourselves than the police. Hey, dummies. But I feel like. I feel like we as black people and the black community, we need to just hit a massive fuck it button. And that button is to finally say, once we press that fuck it button, that we will finally say, we will do for our own. We will look to our own. The changes that needs to be made, I will not beg a white man to do it for me. Yes, now, I, I know it's a convoluted thing because I know the issues that we have and the legacy of what was done to our fathers and grandfathers and and so on. Like Cicely Tyson is 96 years old, so she damn near she grew up right in the middle of Jim Crow. And watch the world change before her eyes. So it's like, it's, we just lost someone that is a two generations. Like, understand that it's not a long time ago where these things were actual legislative law and, and a societal practice. So I get it. It's, it's, it's a very convoluted thing. However, but we, I do understand that, you know, I said this in the last pod, that the hole that we're in, we may not have put ourselves in, but we got to stop expecting them to pull us out. We got to stop expecting them to pull us out of a hole. Yeah, we may not have put ourselves in it, but damn, we got to pull ourselves out of it. And just the way that we're sitting here begging people and... Like I, it, I just get tired. So I, I just get tired because I look and it seems like all we're doing now is just waiting for someone to be racist. And then we'd be like, oh my God, you're racist. 
You're racist. Oh my God. I can't believe that you don't like me. You must like me. You're going to get in trouble if you don't like me. I'm like, fuck them. Fuck them. That's what I'm feeling like. Fuck them. Like, bro, feel whatever you feel. It doesn't even matter. You know why? Their opinion about you is none of your business. I don't care how much you hate me. I don't care how much of a nigger or a monkey, whatever, whatever you think I am. I don't care. Until you try to bring that to my home or to my family or the close ones to the people I love. Yeah, then, you know, that's when, you know, those rights, those constitutional rights comes into play. Yeah, but I just feel like we've gotten into this thing, this state of dependency to where we are so benevolent, especially now of just trying to make people like us. Like, fuck them. Let's make the thing. Start doing businesses for ourselves. We want to, we want to build and improve our community. Yeah, let's let's do that. Let's do that because there's no way that nobody, I don't care where you are, without a cell phone, shouldn't have this thought. I mean, at least in my opinion, there's no way. Let's start doing for ourselves. Let's start doing business and keeping uh, the money in our community. Let's start policing ourselves and 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 dealing with the the low hanging fruit in the the bottom of, of our societal community and dealing with this crime that's going on. Like we don't like what's going on in our schools, then let's get rid of the fucking school board and get our own up in there, so we can start. Representing ourselves and, and fighting for these policies to get us more funding in these schools. To get us these programs in these schools. And I know that's a lot easier said than done, but I'm saying, why don't we do it? Instead of waiting for something. Like, like we're sitting here waiting, expecting Joe Biden to give us some sort of reparation. Joe Biden ain't giving us shit. You know how I know? He done signed, what, 30, 40 executive orders? And ain't nothing to do with no black person whatsoever. Knowing damn well it's the black people that got him this election. But hey, and the first thing he turned his attention to, 11 million, because that's just what they said, but I, I, I think it's a hell of a lot more than 11 million. Oh no, he wants to get citizenship for 11 million immigrants. Why he do that? That's 11 million New people that will vote for them, so he won't need your black ass next time. It won't come down to the wire. Congrats. What else did he do? He signed some executive orders for, you know, transgender rights. All right, cool. But your black ass ain't nowhere around. Not in those executive orders. Not yet. Is he going to sit down and meet with... Uh, Ice Cube What about that contract with Black America I mean I know they nominated Stacey Abrams for a Nobel Peace Prize But oh that's that's great <laughs> You get a Nobel, a Nobel Peace Prize Hell give Black Lives Matter a Nobel Peace Prize But hmm Let's see if there's anything that's going to happen For the betterment of the black community Are our schools going to improve Are we going to have uh, better health care are we going to have uh better job opportunities are, are, are we going to have rehabilitative did i say that word right are we going to have instances and programs to help rehabilitate our communities are, are, are we going to have programs to to help us learn uh financial literacy and how to stop renting in our entire lives and actually look into owning homes and start really building wealth for our children and our children's children. We're going to have to do that. And I'm tired of sitting and begging and waiting, which is why I can't rock with the left. Because <laughs> I'm tired of sitting and waiting and begging for white people to like me. Fuck them. Fuck them. Care if they like me. Because what they feel about me is none of my business. None of my business. 
until it is my business. That's why I kind of feel that libertarian thing. It's like, you know, you be free to do you until the you doing you impedes on me being me. And I think that's the base. I could be wrong. But I just, I, I'm, I'm not fully developed with that idea yet. And uh, it's, it's not a segregationist ideology per se, but it's just for us. I'm actually watching a show on Netflix. It's called Queen Sono, which I think is really, really good. But they're tackling this. It's based in Africa, but they're tackling the same type of storyline of there's like this freedom group and they want to do for self, self-determination, self-perseverance, build up their own community with their own hands, with, with their own community work. But there's this one, but their leader is looking towards this Russian group to basically come in and hold their hand and, and to give them the resources that his group and his followers want to fight for. And I feel like that's what we're doing. I feel like that's what we're doing here in America. Like our leaders and our top people are expecting and wanting us to get these handouts from these people who don't like us. Not at all. They only want us for our vote. They only come around every four years. You know, this Black Lives Matter hasn't been around uh, in four years. It was around around 2016. And then it got around, you know, 2020. It shook up. It shook up the world. Cool. Okay, you got a conversation started, but at the same time, okay, we can scream Black Lives Matter. Yes, Black Lives Matter, but I'm not saying Black Lives Matter to white people for them to be like, you know what? Your life do matter. Your life matters. I'll, I think I will love you now. No, I would rather say Black Lives Matter to the other black person. You know what? You're right. Here's how we're going to start building up our community ourselves for ourselves by ourselves because let's just be honest we're looking for quote-unquote help from the same entity that put us in the shit that we're in show me the lie all right so black lives matter is nominated for a nobel peace prize i really don't know if they're going to win it or not if they do all right cool um, if not, cool. But I, I you know, just it's kind of what I feel about that. So there, there's another another thing that I thought. Uh, this is from the Guardian. Ooh, the Guardian. Um, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. So I went on a nice little um. <laughs> Uh, forgive my little preaching there. Um, uh, in lighter news, in much lighter news, um, I need my Miami Heat team to do something. I need to do. I need them to do it fast because I'm seeing the struggle. I'm seeing the the Brooklyn Nets with James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. Now they're they're still kind of struggling a bit to get things done. I think last night the Washington Wizards with the worst record in the league, I believe. Uh I mean it, it was a fluke win, but you know, they hit like two desperation three pointers at the end of the game to win it. But still Brooklyn got a long way to go. However, Miami, we're struggling even worse. And we need to make some moves. And Bradley Bill wants out and I need Miami to be aggressive as hell and getting Bradley Bill to the Washington Wizards. I mean, to the Miami Heat from the Washington Wizards. Excuse me. I don't care. At first, I was like, nah, let's keep Tyler Hero. Nah. We can let him go. We can let him go. Duncan Robinson, we can let him go. We can. The only one I would want to keep there is Bam. Keep Bam and Jimmy. Everyone else. Everyone else is on the table. Ain't going to hold you. Get Bradley Bill. And then pray for a buyout for Kevin Love. And go after Kevin Love. And then you'll have your starting five of a point guard, whoever is, is still there. Bradley Bill, Jimmy Butler, Kevin Love, Bam out of bio. 
I like that team. Plus, there's still a couple of pieces off the bench that can that can do some work. Bradley Bill and Kevin Love. Yes, Miami, we need those two. Go get them. Please, thank you. Stop playing with my emotions. Get it done. Get it done. Um, Because we just, oh, man, Miami, we're just, the COVID thing is really, is really hurting us, but yeah, our 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 record is horrible, horrible so far, and we're just we're not we're not looking good. Things aren't looking good. So Bradley Bill, Kevin Love, get it done, get her done. All right. Um, a, a, another funny piece, another funny piece that I saw is um the Proud Boys. The Proud Boys, the people that uh, Donald Trump wouldn't, quote unquote, uh, he told to stand down and stand by, stand back and stand by, whatever the case may be. Come to find out that the leader, the leader, comes to find out the leader is the FBI informant. (laughs) I just find it absolutely hilarious. An FBI informant. All right, so let's let's take a look at this. <laughs> Tario is the leader of the extremist group, the Proud Boys. He also has a, quote, prolific past as an informer for federal and local law enforcement, repeatedly working undercover for investigators after he was arrested in 2012. <laughs> that is so funny. That is funny, man. That is funny. (laughs) Okay, let let me keep listening. That's according to a former prosecutor and a transcript of a 2014 federal court proceeding obtained by Reuters. In a hearing in Miami, a federal prosecutor, an FBI agent, and Tario's own lawyer described his undercover work, saying... His own lawyer was like, yeah, he was a snitch. <laughs> he, yeah, he was a snitch. <laughs> oh, undercover, undercover agent. A CI <laughs> for the FBI. Yo, you can't make this stuff up, man. He had helped authorities prosecute more than a dozen people in various cases involving drugs, gambling, and human smuggling. Tario's lawyer said in court that his client was a, quote, prolific cooperator. In an interview with Reuters Tuesday, Tario denied working undercover or cooperating in cases against others. Quote, I don't know any of this, he said when asked about the transcript, adding, quote, I don't recall any of this. Law enforcement officials and the court transcript. Listen, we know what that means. If you go up to somebody and they ask you and they, uh, you ask them a question, and they go like, I don't remember. I don't recall. I have no recollection. That means they have all recollection. (laughs) (laughs) They have all recollection. They know exactly what you're asking them. I just don't want to say. Now, I I can give him kudos. He was doing undercover work that was um, bringing people to justice and getting them caught on, uh, you know, human smuggling. You know, that that's some deep shit. But he was knocking on people for weed, bro. <laughs> uh, he was snitching on people for weed. <laughs> They're like, nah, I don't remember this. I don't remember any of this. Ah, <laughs> uh, it was it was twenty fourteen, since twenty fourteen, in the last seven years. Like, nah, I don't know any anything about this. <laughs> contradict Tario's denial. The 36-year-old is a high-profile figure who organizes and leads the right-wing Proud Boys in their confrontations with those they believe to be Antifa. In many pictures, members of the Proud Boys, clad in their signature yellow outfits, can often be seen. Okay, this is the problem I have with the Proud Boys. One, I think they're gay. Uh, Which, not saying there's anything wrong with being gay, but I think they're gay. Um... They chose the colors. 
the black and yellow. Now, the black and yellow is some BS. Those are our colors. You know, that goes back to Shell Town, Shelby Golden Lions. You know, like gold was just kind of in our, our area. There's a, a triad of rival schools as far as high schools. There was there was Shelby, Crest, Burns, and then there was Kings Mountain. So well, I will say four. But, you know, all of them had some kind of gold in their colors. Shelby was black and gold. Crest was green and gold. Uh, Burns was uh, blue and gold. And Kings Mountain, they were, they were black and gold too, I think. But, uh, but that that image right there, just, it, it, it's funny. It's funny. It's funny. It, it's just, it's just a big circle jerk. <laughs> that's all. A big circle jerk, man. But that's it, man. I don't want to talk too much about this. I just, <laughs> just, how are you? Enrique Tario, the leader of the Proud Boy Extremist Groups, has a pass as an informal for federal and local law enforcement. Oh man, that that is that is funny. That is funny. Uh, and his own lawyer was like, "Yep." Ah, <laughs> uh, I I just think that's funny because you know they are just that far right wing male West chauvinist group of you know avid trump supporters always talking about you know uh resorting to violence and fighting and beating people up and all this type of stuff um <laughs> and your leaders an fbi informant <laughs> you can't make this stuff up man you can't make this up so all right so i'm, I'm gonna go to some some act some some good news i thought was real dope all right so the uh, Amanda Gorman, now she was the, uh, the poet who gave the, her poem at the inaugural uh, ceremony. Uh, she's basically, she, she's hitting a come up. Like it wasn't enough that you got the opportunity to be the youngest person in history to, um, to, to be the inaugural poet. She's the youngest one in history, but she got a good deal from it. Got a good deal. So I went to one of my blog posts, just charged it to my head, not my heart. Inaugural poet Amanda Gorman's Glow Up set to perform at Super Bowl and Inks and IMG Models deal and three of her books to get a million print orders. I, I, I think that's dope. I think that's dope. Um, the inaugural report, I'll just read a little bit of the article here. Amanda Gorman's glow is mad real. The 22-year-old, the youngest inaugural report in U.S. history, is set to recite an original poem at the Super Bowl. She has signed a contract with IMG Models, and she's set to publish 1 million copies each of her three books under a new deal. Um, I, I, just, I just think it's a really good move. I like it. I like her. I I like the poem that she gave was was a really dope poem, extremely talented, and you know especially in the vibe of Black History Month. Salute, salute Amanda Gorman. Congratulations. You know, um, also to note that you know she graduated from Harvard, so extremely uh, intelligent, educated. Um, so it it's. It's just a really good thing. Uh, you know, I, 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 I like good news and I, I will do better in giving good news. You know, um, like I said, I'm still in the process of trying to, you know, find my groove. If I'm being honest, you know, I, I like to speak on society and culture, but I still want to be able to provide information that still can, you know, educate, inspire you know, entertain, you know, do all that stuff, but, you know, it, it still be authentic, original, unique, because I know you kind of have to talk about these things because it's happening in the world. And, you know, you want to give your, your perspective on what's happening today, but you know, you, you still want to, you, you have to find that groove, right? Find that groove. So, um, so I, I just, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it out. But 
Uh, I'm, I'm going to hit y'all with one more thing here, then I'm going to get up out of here. Uh, and this is, I made mention of the, the police and the unique relationship that we have with police in the black community to where, yes, there is a segment of being responsible and accountable for our own actions, but it's also a truth that no one wants to really acknowledge that, yes, there is over-policing in black or in poor neighborhoods, but in those poor neighborhoods, they're mostly black and brown people. And there is a systemic racial problem when it comes to the treatment of black people. Now, again, you can throw all the numbers and data you want, but the experiences that we have, because of course I'm alive and well right now, but it does not mean that the instances I have when I've encountered police has been, you know, all hunky dory, even when I'm doing everything I can to comply and to follow all instructions and stuff. Yeah. They still talk to you sideways. They still talk to you crazy and then talk to you straight up, just blatant racism. But you know, I can't, I can't mark that on, on a, on a stat sheet and be like, see in America, you know, X amount of percent of people or cops treat blacks this way versus blah, 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 blah. You know, you, you can't do that. But, but then there's like, well, facts don't care about your feelings. You don't have the facts. Then you just going off feelings. Like, okay, whatever. But here is an instance that we know that we know when it comes to police officers, but when it comes to y'all, y'all at like, you know, y'all don't know that this is going on. Like, <gasps> like, all right. So check this out. Georgia police chief and an officer officer ousted after a video of racist remarks on slavery and Stacey Abrams. And if I'm not mistaken, the mayor. So the two had an unbelievable and horrifying conversation called unwittingly on a body camera before a black lives matter rally and in the city of Hamilton. So this was taken some time ago, but it was recently revealed. So basically what happened, the police chief and one of his officers were having a conversation. Um, there was there was a Black Lives Matter rally that was going to happen uh, in that city. And this was right around the Rashard Brooks uh, thing where, you know, he got into a fight with um, with the police officer where he was asleep in his car, drunk, asleep in his car. The police <clears throat> tried to get him to safety and then something happened. He just kind of snapped and started fighting the police. He took one of the tasers, pointed the taser at him and... You know, excuse me, pointed the taser at him and then they shot and killed him. So here was a Black Lives Matter rally going on right here in this city. So they're talking about that. But the way they were talking about it was uh, very unsurprising to, to us, especially that came from those communities and dealt with some of the police that we've dealt with. Um, because we know for the most part, they think just like this. Now, I'm just going to play the little news clip from the uh, from the website. I have the full unedited video, but I'm, I'm just not going to going to show up because it's, it's just not not worth it, honestly. So we're going to play this, get my last little thoughts, and then we're going to get up out of here. So let's let's see what this dude talking about. We didn't have to shoot him, it's just a taser. Then how come when you taser a it's like you done killed him 27 times? This video shows two law enforcement. All right, so we heard that right. And all throughout the unedited video, I mean, they just flinging that N-word out crazy. Like, it's just an everyday word for them. Now, this is down in Georgia. Down in Georgia. So just let that be that, but still. Still, just so. Let's let's keep listening. Enforcement officers wearing body cams and having a conversation that would later lead to Hamilton Chief Police Gene Almond and Officer John Brooks both being out of a job. A body cam used by the city was being inspected because we'd been informed that the body cam did not work. But when it was looked at it was determined that the body cam actually had a full memory of video. The two police officers accidentally recorded themselves on their body cams, not knowing the devices actually worked. 
Hamilton's mayor pro tem Ransom Farley was the one to find the video. It was disgusting. So we hear the story. They were like, these very same officers, and you know a few other was like, hey, our body cams don't work. Test them out. But the problem was, the memory was full. So, you know, like with anything else, you need to, you know, get rid of the content that's on there so you can continue to to use them and to con continue to record them. So nothing was wrong with them, just your memory was full. So when this guy, <laughs> when this guy goes to examine the, the, the footage and stuff, them, they thinking that their body cams don't work and this, you know, doesn't work. So they felt free to just put their racism all out on display. Exactly how I like it. But of course, look who got to review it. Ransom Farley. <laughs> A non-white man. Woo. Oh, poetic justice, right? Um, because I had to leave the room. Because I couldn't believe, I couldn't, I couldn't believe what I, I could and I couldn't at the same time believe what I heard. Both men can be heard using the N-word. The police chief talked about who he'd rather have sex with, Atlanta Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms or Stacey Abrams. In another portion of the recorded conversation, Chief Allman talks about slavery. It seems to me like they furnished them a house to live in. They furnished them clothes to put on their back. They furnished them food to put on their table. And all they had to do was f***ing work. And now we give them all those things and they don't have to f***ing work. After viewing the video... Let's just be clear about some things. This is exactly how they feel. Exactly how they feel. They don't say anything wrong with slavery. Because to them... We gave you a house to live in. We gave you some clothes to put on your back, some food to put on your tables, and all you had to do was work. As if it was just a job that you went to. And they provided you uh, lodging on the job site. And all you had to do was just work. I mean, come on. This is how they think. And plus it was such a long time ago. This is how they think. This is how they think. So <laughs> I'm not going to show the rest of this. So th th this is this is my take on this. You know what? Again, I don't care. I know that's how they think. So I don't I don't need to care. Oh my god, I can't believe you, officer. You better like me. You better like me. My life matters. My life matters. No, fuck you. I don't I don't give a damn think whatever you think. But understand when it comes to being in mind, I will protect myself. And what's mine. So, hate and do whatever hate you want to do over there. Because honestly, let's just be honest. Racism isn't going anywhere. We are not going to kill this ideology. Because an ideology lives on forever. It lives on forever. We are not going to stop. If someone wants to be racist, they're going to be racist. Like, there was just a video I saw yesterday. There was uh, an instance in Florida. Uh, I want to see if I can find it just right quick. Um, uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Yeah. So we're going to play this. Tell me he's not moving off my driveway. So, look. Just, just, just take a look at this. Have a tell me he's not moving off my driveway. Think I she called someone the N word without even blinking an eye. I called you that cannot this Lee County woman is proving racism runs deep in Southwest Florida. The hate hurled at two men trying to work. You, you can't use that language. I can use the word all God mother harassing. It is the new stunning video you're seeing right now at 11. I'm Peter Bush.
Finally, own a moving company. On Saturday, they were in Lee County unloading a truck. That's when this woman, Gina Brashear, got mad that the truck was blocking the road. Me and him are on the back of the truck. We're still working. This is the phone. After they tried to confront her on the phone. On camera, but she spoke with me on the phone. And over the course of the video, a hundred times in thirty seconds. There's nothing illegal about saying it. Do you feel that it's okay to use that derogatory word? Absolutely. Do I have reasons to be racist? Absolutely, I do. I asked her about people calling her racist online. One thing you need to get, get straight from coming from me. I don't care who's upset. I don't care that I'm called a racist. To Melvin and Will, this is... So there you go. So there you go. People like her... People like this police chief, this police officer, and everyone else on around the world, this ideology isn't going away. So why are we still shucking and jiving and begging and, and pleading to, for, for these type of people to like us? So she says she has her reasons, but I guarantee you her reasons are absolute stupid ones. I bet you they're just as, as ignorant as the police officer and the police chief. But that's the issue. We got people who think like that in these positions of power. And then we're going begging and pleading to them, expecting them to all of a sudden have a heart. No, no. We're going to have to start doing things for ourselves. Yes, yes, we know the obstacles that we're going to have to face. But damn it, we're going to have to face them because these people, they're not going away. Regardless of how many marches, how many protests, how many signs you put on the street, how many signs you put up on the building, how, how many times you change the Google image to some Black Lives Matter thing or the, the, the YouTube thing or whatever symbolism you want to give, these people are still going to exist and you're still going to have people that panders to that ideology. So what the hell? What the hell? Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Get between us and ours. Start doing for us and ours. Damn what they think. Damn what they think. Don't give a damn if they like me. Hate me. I don't. It, it doesn't matter to me. How you feel is none of my business. Because I'm too busy doing for, for me and my community. I got a community to work for and build. Give, you and your reasons just stay right over there. I just ain't got time. I don't got time. Don't got time over here crying about people who don't like me. Oh my God, I can't believe that you racist and you hate me and you think I'm this and think I'm that. So I know what I am. I'm not a victim. I'm not a victim. And I will show you by whooping the... Okay. <laughs> All right, y'all. That, that's, that's it, man. Look, I promise it won't be two weeks by the next time I do this. But uh, just... I'm gonna figure this out, and then I'm 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 gonna be more coherent with it, to where it's it's a detailed presentation and not just a, um, just a rant. Cause I know I'm ranting, and I apologize. But to then listen, y'all take care. Thank y'all for listening to another episode of the Talk My Credo podcast. It is your boy Dante Credo, and until next time, listen. Strive to do everything that you can. Be better. Uh, do better. Love one another, uh, but also protect yourself. Love one another, not at the expense of yourself. Okay? Do what we need to do. Happy Black History Month. Black power. Peace.